Very insightful and fun conversation with two longtime PGA head golf professionals. Some really interesting insight on what it's like to work in the Myrtle Beach golf industry. Seems like it should be all sunshine and unicorns. So listen and find out. Hey everyone, I'm here with longtime Myrtle Beach golf writer Chris King, and joining us today are two special guests, Krista Bodensteiner, PGA head golf professional at Tradition Golf Club and Southern End Regional Manager for FGI, and Ryan Ruddy, PGA head golf professional at Myrtle Beach National Golf Club. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So in this episode, we are going to give you a little inside information on what it's like working in the golf industry. This is such a great topic. So Krista, I'm going to start out with you. How did you get involved uh, in golf and choosing to go into the golf industry? Well, actually, so I have been in the business now 26 years, um, and originally I decided to get in the golf business because I didn't want to get a real job. (laughs) Um, I say that jokingly because it actually has turned into a perfect occupation for me, but um, I I actually have a degree in psychology, and I worked in the mental health field for a few years, Mm -hmm. and that just got too stressful for me, and so I kind of was going after college. I was thinking, okay, what do I want to do with myself? And um, I've played golf since I was like five years old and grew up on a golf course and spent a lot of time, played in high school, played in college, and so... I'd always heard of being a golf professional. I didn't really know what that was, but I thought it'd be cool to be one. And so I decided to check it out. Wow. So how old were you? This, this was 20 so that years was, ago? Uh, that, I was 25 at the time. 25. I'd been in the mental health field for three years and said, that's enough. So um, then I actually moved to Myrtle Beach, sight unseen. Um, I lived in Iowa and Illinois and Minnesota. And well, the golf is golf courses are great there. The golf season is way too short. So I decided if I'm going to try this out, I'm going to go someplace where I can play year-round. And um, I heard that Myrtle Beach was the golf capital of the world. Um, Somebody did a really good marketing job there because (laughs) I had never been here. I'd never been to South Carolina, uh, never seen the Atlantic Ocean, and just decided if I'm going to do this, I'm going to move to Myrtle Beach. Wow. Well, Chris, I mean, based on what you've just told us, the obvious question to me is, is, how often do you use your background in mental health to help players get, like myself get through the day? Chris, I use my background in mental health all day, every day. <laughs> well, I'm, we may have to talk after this is done. I think I can help you. Well, hey, what what has that been? You know, you talk about, and I I think that that your path into the game. I mean, look, everyone's is a little bit different, but you know, I think ultimately, kind of a love for the game is what leads people, draws people into it. How has how is your perception of what the job is looking back on it, or what the job is now looking back twenty five years ago? What how how the reality and the perception matched up? So I had absolutely no idea what I was getting into, um, but it has turned out uh, absolutely perfectly for my life. Um, I love the golf business. It is one of those things where I'm surrounded by golf courses and golfers all day, every day. People who are on vacation, people who are out to have a good time, um, a lot of happy people I get to see. And, uh, you know, all I have to do is look out the windows of my office and see green grass and golf courses. And um, that is the love of the game is what got me into it. And so it is definitely far surpassed uh, anything that I could have wanted 
actually. I love the business. Well, when you describe happy people in green grass, that sounds like something exactly. that would be good for yours and everyone else's mental health. Exactly, yes. Well, hey, what, um, as you, as you kind of look back at what you do, what are, what are a couple things about the business that people don't necessarily know, that someone from the outside would never see? Um, I don't think, unless you have actually worked in this business, you do not know the variety of responsibilities that a golf professional has. Um, first of all, most people assume if you're a golf professional, you play golf every day. <laughs> um, that is absolutely not true. Ryan's over here shaking his yeah, head. Yeah, definitely too. not. I wish, but yeah. uh, exactly. now. Exactly. You said well, playing along or off of that. How often do you all get to play? Not as much as I should. Um, I still love the game when I get out there. I, I just I love being out there, but it's just kind of a matter of priorities to get out on the course. And um, I spend a lot of time out there, but not necessarily with my, with my clubs. Yeah, I mean, I could I mean, a little different for me than it is for Krista. I mean, Krista has a little more responsibilities being a regional, um, so I have a little more time in the afternoons around that three thirty-four to kind of slip out and play nine holes and kind of get away from the monotony of being behind a desk, behind a counter, or kind of dealing with the everyday uh, things with with the golf industry. So, I mean, I try to play at least once a week. It's typically twice, you know, mostly nine holes though, just late afternoon. You know, a couple guys or, you know, just uh, another colleague out there playing. So, Now, I mean, both of you are PGA golf professionals. When you got into the golf industry, did you major in this in college or did you go into the program outside of college to, to get that certification through the PGA? What was that process like for you? Uh, for me, actually, uh, my college degree is in psychology, and so um, I was actually in the golf business a few years before I decided to pursue my PGA card. Um, I'll have to admit, at first, I wasn't 100% sure this is what I wanted to do. Actually, at one point, I applied for grad school in clinical psychology and thought I was going back to get my master's in clinical psychology, and, and then... Um, well, actually, at that point, I got a promotion in the golf business, and I became one of the managers, and um, golf got very, very interesting to me there, and I uh, ended up not going to grad school, but um, when I, it, it was a couple years into it when I decided, okay, if I'm going to be in this business, I'm going to go ahead and get my PGA card, and I'm very, very thankful that I did. In playing off of that, you talked about earning your, you know, becoming a PGA head pro. I assume both of you all likely played competitively growing up. Is, is that a safe assumption? I did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Regardless, though, what's it like when you have to shoot the number to to become a PGA professional? Do we, do we have any good stories as it relates to that? Um, I, I th For most people, I think it's a little tough because you know the number going in, what you can't go over. Uh, typically, on the golf course, you're trying to go as low as you can. So it's... You're out there just trying to make as many birdies as you can or kind of stay level par. But uh, when you sit there and say, all right, I can't go over this number after these two rounds, I think it puts a little added pressure and kind of gets people second guessing and kind of getting out of their game. Now, Ryan, did you did you go into the golf business immediately out of high school, or did you take a you know a bit of a circular path the way Kristen did? No, mine's a little bit circular, kind of to Kristen's, just to give you like a little background of myself, um, how I got in the golf industry. Well, I lost a bet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, uh, growing up in Scranton, home of the office, if anyone kind of watches television out there, um, I got into golf um, through my uncle. Actually, he was a big avid golfer. Um, my dad didn't play too much, so I, I played a lot with him and really had a love for the game. I picked up the golf clubs when I was about 12. I uh, played a lot of other sports prior to that. But um, after college, I was doing some sales up in northeast Pennsylvania and really kind of wanted to get in the golf industry. And 
saw the golf academy down in Myrtle Beach. And like Chris, I've never been to Myrtle Beach prior to that. Kind of maybe came down shortly after to visit the campus, played a couple of rounds of golf down here. But uh, went to the golf academy, got through that. I think it's like a two-year program, but, you know, you can excel through that about a year and a half and started working at Myrtle Beach National in 2007 and kind of worked my way up through the ranks. And that's kind of when I got into the PGA program. I didn't, at the time when I was in college, I didn't really know the PGM so much and it was kind of, wasn't as big as it is now. So I kind of went the different route and kind of went through uh, the PGM program as I was working at Myrtle Beach National. Now to do that, you would have to you know, do the player's ability test. I mean, LPGA has to do that too. And when I talk to a lot of people coming into the golf business, sometimes that is the hardest obstacle to get over because, you know, you're going out there, you got to play two rounds, you got to play really well and get over that first hurdle before you really can dig into the program. Um, When I took my player's ability test, I didn't pass it the first time, but I passed it the second time. Um, So it was very nerve wracking. It was a very, very stressful situation. And I find so many people just can't get over that first hurdle. What was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, um, funny you say that. I, at, the, at the time when I, when, I, when I passed mine, I had uh, another colleague that worked for me, really good golfer, would always shoot probably anywhere between 73 to 75, but it came to the, P, the P, yeah, PAT, it was like a mental block. I mean, he would just have these blow-up holes, or he'd be three-putting left and right. Um, I passed mine my second try. The first time I took mine, kind of a funny story. Uh, one of my friends I went to the golf academy with, he uh, lived in Georgia at the time. So we went down because it was, we're like, oh, we're going to go visit him. He lives outside of Georgia, Peachtree City, kind of a little bit of vacation for us. They're doing a uh, PAT at, I think it was Mystic Golf in Georgia. So long story short, we get there. It's 36 holes one day. It's the day after Zach Johnson won the Masters. So it is a balmy 45 rain <laughs> And we have to play 36 holes on a course that we've never played before. Um, out of 76 players, two people passed. And it was like like a little bit of shock to the system because, you know, you play golf around here and you're like, well, there's nothing. You're, you know, you're not playing all the way back, but you're playing a good set of tees. And we just kind of just kind of threw up all over ourselves a little bit. But <laughs> luckily, we were able to have the PAT at my um, home course at Myrtle Beach National on the West Course, which I passed. And, I, and it was actually – kind of easy because it's in your backyard and you can you kind of know the greens and such so but luckily for me it only took two tries to give people an idea what do you have to shoot to to get your to pass past the pat well when i when i took it it was 75 76 um i know now it has i think it's a little higher i think uh hacklers is like 78 79 depends on the course rating yeah and then usually women are uh, eight to ten strokes more Gotcha. Same set of tees, but different target scores. Yeah, I think I had a 78, 79, and I had I could have shot like 80, 81. I, I think for the LPGA at the time, and again, it, it could have changed, but we have a little bit of an advantage being females that we can actually shoot 80 and get through it. Yes. <laughs> Which is a good thing. I'll take yes. every stroke I can get. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm one of those people that um, all of the golf professionals, as they come into the business and we talk about the PAT, um, I'm the person that makes them feel better about not passing the first couple of times because it did take me a few tries um, to actually, and it was, it was totally a mind block. I could go out and shoot whatever I needed to all week, and then I'd go to the PAT, and there was just something about it that was different. So um, I'm always 
I'm always thankful for the guys in the business when they do pass because I know the pressure that comes with it and I know how relieved I was. And it's kind of like from that point forward, golf just became total fun. Um, the pressure was off. Mm-hmm. Well, and the ironic thing about the PAT is that I, I think that y'all would, would agree with this, is that once you get into the job, it's probably the least important component of what you do on a day-to-day <laughs> Correct, basis. Yeah. That's so true. But it, there is so much pressure. I mean, because when I was taking it, it was, okay, yeah, you're trying to shoot a number, but you're also starting your career. So it's like you don't want to stumble out of the gates. And it, it's just that attic pressure that kind of hinders you a little bit or gets you a little tense out there. So. Now, once you get past that, though, you know, if somebody's listening right now and they're thinking about getting in the golf business, how long does it take to get your PGA card working through those levels? Go ahead, Ryan. Um, mine, because I was still working uh, and, and doing it at the same time, so it took a little longer. I think it was around three and a half years um, because you're kind of going through each levels, but at the same time, you're still working and you have to travel. At the time, we had to travel to Florida to do all the seminars and testing. Where now it's a little different. They have uh, testing, which is locally before you go to uh, the PGA Center and kind of do all the seminars there. So I know they try to streamline it. I think it's it still takes you about three to two. I think it's three years because you also have to do kind of work, uh, work experience hours with that. But I know the PGM, it's I mean, you have that five years because it's tied in with internships. So, I mean, typically, I, I, I think it takes people about four years to kind of, mm-hmm. kind of, comfortably go through. And I actually went through the program quite a few years before Ryan did. And when I did it, um, actually, there was no such thing as the PGA at the at Port St. Lucie down in Florida. We had to go to seminars all over the United States, wherever they happened to have them, is mm-hmm. where we went. Um, and I was actually um, I was the head pro at Waterway Hills at that time. And I just got it in my head that I wanted to finish it. And at that point, you could go about as fast as you wanted to. So I finished mine in six months. But um, they don't overachiever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they don't let you do that anymore. And I probably wasn't the best. But um, but I did that. Either way, I still have my class A. And yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. I know. Yeah. Well, hey, you, looking looking kind of at the business once you were into it, um, you know, hey, look, golfers walk in, they they check into the pro shop, they they talk to the starter, they head out to the course. But take people behind the scenes. What's it like for for you guys? I mean, we're we're talking here on the first Friday in October, which is really kind of the start of the peak fall season around here. Take people. What's it like at a golf course on a day when you've got a hundred and you know? 25 people on the books and you're going to get replays into the afternoon. How's that like for y'all? Uh, it's it's a challenge, but it's a fun challenge. Um, uh, I I like when it's busy. I mean, it's it's obviously you got more people coming come through your golf course. You know, a lot more smiling faces. Um, for me and Chris, we're we're in the resort industry, so a lot of people are on vacation looking to have fun, kind of get away from their normal jobs. So we're just trying to uh, give them the best kind of experience they can have at each of our clubs. Um, but behind the scenes, I mean, there's a lot of things that go on. I mean, especially for Krista and myself, um, you know, we got to make sure that the back of the house is taken care of, you know, F&B, and making sure starters are doing their jobs. We're kind of putting fires out as they go. Um, being at a 36, uh, 54 holes, I mean, today we, we're going to be close to 600 players today. So it's uh, it's very busy out there today, and um, which is a great thing. But it's just um, – it's a challenging because, you know, like Chris said, we wear different hats. You know, it's not like we just are on the lesson tee giving lessons. I mean, we're 
you know, we're doing stuff on the back end, you know, from a corporate level, you know, any kind of stuff they want us to take care of, as well as making sure the guests have a good, good time out there and everyone is on the same page from a staffing standpoint. Now, looking at all the various jobs that you could have in the golf industry, the starter, arranger, backdrop, you know, assistant professional, um, even down to, you know, running the beverage cart, uh, food and beverage, what is the hardest job? I mean, if you had to select one of those, what would be the, the toughest position and, and maybe the easiest position as well? Well, first of all, and I'm sure Ryan can say this too, uh, we have probably, we have done every one of those jobs at yep. least, um, even including the beverage cart. Have you I been have, on the beverage? I have not. You, okay, I Ryan has really not been on the beverage cart. You have not been <laughs> no. a full golf professional yet. Ryan, I, you know, I think you'd be kind of cute on uh, the beverage gee, cart. Gee, thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have great legs, so. Yeah. Um, That's I, what I was thinking too. Yeah. I'm like, man, yeah. those legs, yep. and that nice dog I don't hair. have the Phil Mickelson calves, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do have to say that job, the beverage cart job maybe wasn't quite as much fun as I expected it to be. It's a lot of work. Um, what you don't really see is you don't see the women who are carrying the five-gallon buckets of ice to and from and the cases of beer and the Gatorades and the sodas and all the work that goes along beside it. Um, nobody ever sees that portion of it. I think all those jobs you listed, Meredith, there's a behind the scenes, not so glamorous part of. Right. Um, true, true. And, you know, for the most part, very fun. All of them very fun. Um, every one of those positions needs to be somebody who likes people because mm-hmm. that's what we do all day is work with people. But there are some um, less fun portions of it too. I think the toughest job on a golf course, for me at least, is the starter ranger position because. You have, well, first of all, they have the most contact with our guests, really. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, you know, a guest may come in for a short time in the golf shop and a short time in the grill, but out on the golf course, you hope, you know, to see the golfers out there multiple times and have conversations with them and everything. So they probably are, you know, one of the most important positions because they have the most contact with the guests. But, um, you know, in most days are probably very smooth, but there are always days that are a little bit challenging pace of play wise. And, so being able to maintain order and control with a smile on your face and getting to know people and um, providing great customer service, to me, that, that juggling act is the toughest for me personally. Mm-hmm. Well, the one question I was going to ask in, in follow-up to what, what Meredith had asked is, hey, Ryan, like you've got two, 600 people out there today. Like I was going to ask, what is your what is your biggest concern going into a day like that? And is it is it pace of play or is it is it something else? Yeah, pace of play is a big part because um, as soon as pace of play kind of falls off the map, that's when you get people complaining a little bit, so or or not enjoying their their stay on the golf course. So having that solid start at Ranger that's very personable that can kind of mingle or kind of chat with anyone. The guy can you know chat with you know people from. Because let's be real, I mean, they're all f- from all over. It's not like they're your members that you see every day. There's people from Chicago, New York. So you got to have the ability to kind of talk about sports, you know, not religion or politics, obviously. But, you know, just kind of be able to smooth things over, especially when, you know, something goes wrong or there's a little bit of a backup. So, I mean, I would agree with Chris that starter range is, is it's a tough position. It, on paper, it looks really easy. You're like, oh, I just write some numbers down when the carts are going out, say, hi, here's your scorecard, see you later. No, there's a little more that goes into it. I mean, you're, they're the ambassador of, of the course. I mean, they're in the most contact with our guests. Um, so, I mean, I would agree with Krista on that one. So what do you look for if somebody comes in and they're looking for a position, and let's say they wanted that position? 
What are the qualities? Obviously, you said they're the ambassador. They need to be friendly and welcoming, but you know, you're they have a tough position. So, what do you they look do. for? Personality, um, personality yeah, hands first. Down. Yeah, mm-hmm. got to have a personality. You got to like people, um, and so you know the the skills of the of the job. You can teach that to anybody, but if you have an outgoing person who has a great personality that people are going to remember, somebody who likes engaging with other people. Um, they're perfect for that job, for any job, actually, on the golf course. When you talk about pace of play, going back to that, how because it's a challenge for the industry, what, what do you guys do? I mean, how do you handle that if you've got a group that, that falls, say, a whole, hole and a half out of position? I mean, how, how challenging does that become? Chris, can we talk about something a little more fun than pace of play? Because <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> that is, like, the biggest headache of, of any – any golf professional. Um, fortunately, like Ryan said, most days are very, very smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally it is not a problem. But, yes, we do have days like that. And you just do everything you can. Um, you know, the first first thing you want to be able to do is set up your expectations before they go out there. A good starter will let them know, you know, what the pace of play is that we expect that day. Um, and then when they actually see them on the course in the range ring, they've already talked to them. They already have somewhat of a relationship with them. And, and can you know speak to the groups that fall behind? We definitely do speak to groups that fall behind. Um, usually, try to giving them give them some time to to pick up the pace again. You know, yeah. in general, people like to be helpful. In general, if somebody does fall behind and you speak to them once, they're going to make every effort to um, to pick it up. But there are always some that maybe are on a little bit more of their schedule than ours. Um, we have. We have moved people up on the golf course before. We have given rain checks and asked them to come back at a slower time before. We we really, it is a delicate thing, um, but we really want to protect all of the other players that are out there. If we have one problem group, it's more worthwhile to make them mad than have everybody else out there have their day ruined. So, But we really, this really is not a very fun topic, just so you know. <laughs> no, I know it wouldn't be, but I think it, I do think it's one that people find interesting. And, yes. like, it's the idea that you would give someone a rain check to come back at another time when it's slower if for whatever reason they can't keep up. I mean, as someone who would who, who is a golfer that would be playing more, hey, look, I'm more like them than I am y'all. Um, you know what? Like, that's that's good to know. I mean, that's a that's a commitment to, to the experience for, for everyone. Um, you know, so I, that's kind of, I would not have known that y'all had done that. Yes. I mean, the funny part, I, when it comes to pace of play, and I don't want to beat this one up, but a lot of it, people think that, oh, I'm, you know, pace of play, if you play in three hours, I have to be a really good golfer. That's not the case. It's just ready golf. I mean, I'll be perfectly, my, my dad's not the best golfer, my, neither my uncle and their friend. They play every day back home and they could shoot anywhere between 90 to like 115, but they'll play in three and a half hours because they just, they kind of move along. I mean, and so, and that's the challenging part. You don't have to be a, like a scratch golfer to play in three hours. It's just, it's just ready golf. It's all we really ask for. You know, when we were coming up with this topic today, you know, what it's like working in the golf industry, I think so many times people get this perception that, oh my goodness, you are a golf pro in Myrtle Beach. Pfft easy job man you have it made you get sunshine every day you get to play golf i mean this is easy peasy work here um it's just rainbows and unicorns yeah that's right that's right that's exactly what you think but you know this is a business and put the sunshine to the side and you know really there's not a ton of golf being played i mean there is a reality check getting into the golf business because you don't get to play golf every day 
You know, it's it's not an easy job. You know, you have day-to-day operations. It's like, you know, I think about like when we go to Disney World as a family, oh my goodness, it's Disney World. Everything's great. You know, you have this food and rides and but it's a business and behind the scene these people are working on shows and casting and working hard but it's the same in the golf business so i think that there is this perception that it is like like you said you know like there's unicorns and stuff yeah it's the only thing <laughs> i do is and... come in and hit the golf links hit the lessons tee you know it's been, so i mean yeah. like with that being said what do you think is the bi- the biggest misconception well that is the misconception it, yeah. truly it is a fun job it truly mm-hmm. truly is there's no question about that but what people don't realize is we're our positions as golf professionals aren't just to be experts in golf. We also end up being experts in weather. We end Mm -hmm. up being experts in fashion, um, people experts. Um, (laughs) We are experts at cleaning, uh, restrooms even, and things like that. Janitorial duties. There are less glamorous parts that um, most people are not aware of um, that – you know, I mean, actually, being a weather expert has been kind of fun. Um, that's one of my one of my favorite things. And we get this question a lot: is what's the weather going to be like next week? And or you know, is it is, is it going to rain today? Or um, lots and lots of weather questions. Um, and always having the radar on at yes, the golf course, right? That having, way you can see the clouds moving over. Yeah, yes, that's very exactly. Important. Yeah, exactly. So we are meteorologists, just not. Um, I guess we don't. We can't actually claim that for real but that's kind of what our job does <laughs> also fashion experts with all the retail things that go on we can you know we can tell people what looks good and what doesn't mm-hmm. sort of thing i mean it's basically it's like you're running your own business i mean it's you're handling the back office stuff whether it's you know revenue merchandising you know f and b so you, you have your hands in a lot of things so i mean i a lot of people may think that you're just checking in golfers and going to play golf. There's a lot more to it because it is like your business. I mean, you're basically making sure that that club is being run to its best at all times. Mm-hmm. A good example. Um, so tonight I, we get to have bingo at the club. So what, <laughs> what golf professional expects to go have bingo? Um, but we, you know, it actually in that that's what, well, that is why I like this job is the variety. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing that for our members tonight. We're having a members oh night my out. Gosh, I want to go. Well, it's you can come, Meredith. You can. So come. much fun. I love bingo. Yeah, I've been practicing all day. B9. Um, <laughs> Under the B9. Yeah, yes, the exactly. B. Ryan, you can come too if you Sweet. want. Sweet. Um, we do a lot, you know. Like, I want to roll the, the balls. Yeah, and pull them actually, out. we have that already. No, to I want to roll the balls. It'd be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. You can both come. Chris, you can come too. Um, but we do things like that. Um, we've had trivia nights, karaoke nights um, for our members down at Tradition. They love being able to jump on their golf carts and just drive up to the clubhouse and mm-hmm. spend the evening with us and drive their golf carts back at the end of the day. And so while one would not think, hey, the golf professional is the one calling the bingo stuff, um, well, because we also do the budget, that was the most economical way to do it and, and the most fun. Uh, members love to see us doing mm-hmm. things like that as well. So... Come join us for bingo tonight, and be right. yeah. sweet. Yeah. How, how often do people ask y'all how to get into the business, or if they can get a job in the in the Myrtle Beach golf industry? Um, from a, you mean like from a, like kind of like a HP side, or just more of like I just want to get it as a starter or something yeah, like that. Yeah, any, any or all of the above, because it's something I've found over time that people I, I have been asked 
more so than I would have certainly anticipated. Hey, can I get a job down there? Or do you know anybody that's, you know, what do we need to do? And I just didn't know if that was something that, that maybe you guys or members of your staff yeah. get on a semi-regular basis. I ran into a couple of times where it was, say, that like a father and son that, you know, came down and my son or daughter is just getting, you know, they're in their senior year or even their junior year of high school and they kind of want to get into the golf industry. Um, I mean, I'll ask them if, you know, if they really want to get into it, kind of go the PGM route through like, like a coastal or a Methodist. Cause I mean, you really get some good experience. I mean, obviously you get your degree, uh, out, you know, business degree as well as a management degree with the PGM, but, um, you also, also get to go different internships. So you get to see all sides of the golf industry, not only the resort side, but the private side, or even like a, you know, just a normal public side of things. And, and that's be, a good way to get a taste of everything. Exactly. see what you like. Correct. Right. And sometimes, I mean, I've known, um, you know, people that went to Coastal that start off in PGM and they're like, eh, and kind of fell back and did more like the finance side or got into marketing. So it kind of, you're basically, you're, you're not, you're, you have multiple paths. You don't, you're not just down one path. You're like, oh, I got to continue this one. You can just kind of branch off if you really had to or wanted to. Well, and also to answer your question, Chris, um, I bet if you looked at all of our starter rangers throughout the company, uh, a very large percentage of them was somebody who came down on vacation at one point or another that um, said, hey, that looks like fun, and or this is where we want to retire, and then you know, ultimately when they end up retiring here, you know, come see us for a job. But a whole, I bet a very large percentage of our starter rangers started, became acquainted with golf in Myrtle Beach just from vacations. Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, and the well, I was going to also add the other thing that um, I am continuously promoting um, the occupation of golf, especially with women. Um, anytime I have the opportunity to talk to girls or you know people coming up golf teams, things like that, um, I highly recommend it for anybody, just because I love the business, but especially for women, because I mean, if you're if you're a woman growing up or starting in the golf business right now, you can pretty much call your own shots. There there aren't enough around. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend it for, for everybody, but especially women. All right. Well, we're going to end this with some rapid fire. Are you guys ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So, all right, Krista, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Now, when you give me your answers, they're going to be short and sweet. All right? Oh, boy. All right. All right. So I'm going to ask some questions that I wanted to also – add in our discussion, but I also don't want to keep this too long. I want to wrap it up. So uh, what is the biggest challenge dealing with golfers on vacation in one or two words? Mm. <laughs> in one or two words? That's that's the tough part right there, Meredith. I would just say their schedule. 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 Okay. If you were not a head golf professional, which job in the golf industry would you choose? Uh, assistant golf professional. How about that? <laughs> that does not surprise me. Working my way up. All right. If you were to choose a job outside of the golf industry, what would you do? Oh, wow. Um, that would probably be back in the mental health field. Mm-hmm. All right. What is your favorite golf course to play outside of Myrtle Beach? Hmm. New Hampton Country Club. It's the little nine-hole course I grew up on. Still my favorite. All right. Pin in or pin out? <laughs> uh, pin, pin in. Vanilla or chocolate ice cream? Twist. <laughs> Good answer. Twist. Good, great answer. Uh, what is your favorite karaoke song that you like to sing? Oh, that's easy. It's one of the Carpenter songs, Top of the World. Yeah. 
sweet tea or beer? Well, actually, Diet Coke with lime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, morning or afternoon tea time? Morning. Definitely morning. All right. Ryan, you ready Did for I this? pass? You passed it. Okay, yes, good. yes. Yeah, you totally I passed I am that. ready. Good luck, All Ryan. right, Ryan, the biggest challenge dealing with golfers on vacation? Double T. <laughs> Double T. Good you answer. You got that in two words. If you were not a head golf professional, which job in the golf industry would you choose? Teaching professional. If you were to choose a job outside of the golf industry, what would you do? Dentist. Dentist? Okay. You have good teeth. Yeah. Well, we'll that. My oh. uncle's a dentist. Well, he's a periodontist, so. Okay. All right. Favorite golf course to play outside of Myrtle Beach? Uh, back home, uh, Glenmara National. Pin in, pin out. In. Vanilla or chocolate? I got to go with the twist. I mean, I love the twist. <laughs> soft serve, though. Soft serve twist. Definitely soft yeah. serve. All right. What is your favorite karaoke song to sing? Oh, man. Um, I can't sing, so. Uh, Ryan, said, you and you I said, could do I Got You, Babe. Sonny and Cher, you and I they, could they, uh, yeah. they, we, we could do uh, the Chris Rock show Crow on me and uh, Krista there. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet tea or beer? Uh, definitely beer. <laughs> Morning, afternoon, tea time. I like the afternoon tea time. Yeah, with your beer, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> Six-pack special. <laughs> All right, well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we covered a lot. So for those of you that are listening, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons uh, to entering the golf business. I would say there's more pros, though. Definitely. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely more, pros. more pros. Chris, your thoughts? Oh, I, hey, look, I mean, I think any facet of the industry tends to be, hey, look, it's, it's good to be around the game that you love. I for mean, sure. Obviously, you all are more involved with it on a, on a daily basis than I am. But I mean, that seems to be everyone's sentiment that's in the industry. All right, well, golf is fun. Golf Let's keep is it that fun. way, right? And speaking of golf, I know that you too, you need to head back to your golf courses. So uh, thanks for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having us.